Welcome back to the Mitch Wallace podcast, where we interview amazing guests about their story of lived experience or expertise in the field of mental health. And I'm very stoked to be joined today by the one and only Ben Hansaker, better known as Abstacker, with an impressive track record as a motivational speaker, award-winning fitness model, personal trainer, world record holder and entrepreneur. And I think his most accomplished and esteemed uh, title to date is my personal trainer. (laughs) Ben began his fitness journey in 2013, where he set the goal to help over 10,000 people get healthier and happier. He's a big believer in giving back and plays a huge role in his community. During lockdown, he started and still maintains a free weekly workout to help people stay physically and mentally well. He's a personal trainer at a popular Bondi gym and a partial to setting himself fitness challenges, to say the least, that most people would consider insane. Ben's philosophy is that it all begins with the mind, and as someone very well-versed in pushing themselves to the limit, uh, he truly believes to win at life, we must get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Is that a fair introduction, Benny Benassi? That is a delicious introduction. (laughs) Thank you very much for the kind words. Humbled and very grateful to be here. I can't wait for a... uh, empowering conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I'm excited about this too. As someone who, who knows you and um, trains with you, I already see the DNA of what makes Ben, Ben, which is bulletproof mindset. Mm. What can, let's start it. Can you remember a moment or a point in your life in which you started to realize if I don't build this mindset, something's going to go wrong? Oh, definitely. Like, when I was at college and university, I was on the path to nowhere. I had a whole heap of bad habits, drank a lot, ate the wrong things, uh, was overweight, didn't look after my mental health, didn't know what meditation was, didn't train, didn't know what exercise was. Mm. And then one day at a bar when I liked a girl and I thought she might like me from a personality, I asked her out. And to her beautiful words, she said, I'd never date a fat, useless shit like you. Then boom, you know. Turning point in the life, heart's broken in front of a lot of people. A lot of people seen it. I was like, I can't keep on this path. So decided to turn my life around, started hitting the gym, mm. and then just began this burning desire to just become better, more ascetic, train hard, and I just became addicted to that process. Addicted. Yes. That's going to be a theme, I think, for yeah. this talk. And again, I'm not just one of your clients, I'm now a personal friend and, um, I value our relationship a lot. And some, sometimes it's been hard to see you in the throes of, of addiction. And, and I'm so proud of you for now talking more and more about that, particularly with the launch of your online course that's coming very soon. Talk to me about what addiction feels like to you. Um, addiction feels like this burning desire of almost just pushing the boundaries, but escaping reality and numbing out existence. And then just going on this tirade of self-destructive behavior, Mm. which you can't stop. And then once you try and stop, there's the guilt, the shame, the fear. Fuck, like everyone thinks I'm perfect. I've got to have this perfect life. And then you're like, I've got to have a drink to fucking deal with that. And then it just keeps going and going and going. The dopamine chasing just keeps going. The highs have to get higher mm. and the chase, you see, it's just like this unstoppable force of nature. Like pretty much how I'd attack a challenge was how I'd attack, attack my addiction. So you name it, I, I battled it. Like I battled like alcohol, I battled 
sex, I've battled porn, I've battled gambling, you name it, I've, I've pretty much had every addiction you can, food. And it's only to, I've turned around and said, hang on a minute, if I keep going down this path, it's not going to end well. Mm. And it's just a shame for me to waste the potential that people believe in me mm. and I believe in myself and I had to turn it around. So I think the opposite of addiction is connection. So I had to connect with myself again because mm. you lose yourself in addiction Yes, and then find my purpose again. So like what really like gets you going, Ben? Like what really gets you out of bed? What will stop you from picking up the drink? Mm. Like what's the why here? Because you've done all these amazing things and now you're going to go all and fuck it up with you know, women, alcohol, drugs, go down on a bender, like, so I had to re, and that was, that was the, the start of me starting to see a psychologist and I started seeing a therapist and that was like a tough thing to stick up my hand to say, Hey, I'm a guy that's got a bulletproof mindset. I'm seen as unbreakable, been four time fitness model champion of like Australia, been on fitness magazine covers, I've smashed everything I've ever done, but I can't get a grip grip on this binge drinking problem and it wasn't until I tanked and hit rock bottom with a few you know incidents that were big wake-up calls for me and I put my hand up seen a psychologist talk through my shit so I wouldn't become the shit mm. and it was just an empowering journey for me because that seemingly rock bottom moment for me turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to turn inward and drop this warrior architecture of being unbreakable, but saying, hang on a minute, I'm not perfect. Mm. I'm imperfect. Got my problems, got my addictions, and I need to manage them, and I need to talk to someone. So then I'd see a psychologist weekly, then it become bi-weekly, then it become monthly, and now I'm still at monthly. So there's a few threads I want to pick up on there. Yeah. There's this aspect of a lot of us feeling as if we need to build this personality, which yeah. th is the, one of the core needs of the brain to be yes. something to someone and, and then fit into this character. Yeah. And when things break the mold of that character, it really starts to rock our internal world. Yeah. How have you navigated more recently as you've started to become more healthy, mm. this unbreakable mindset character whilst also being vulnerable because so many people think that they're opposite when in fact they need each other. How do you reconcile that inattention? Um, so it, it's just recognizing that at times you need to be vulnerable and speak up. Like I miss the positive, Mr. Happy. I say happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday, happy Thursday, happy Friday. I say that no matter how I feel, mm. but I've now allowed myself to say, okay, I'm not feeling that good today. Mm. I'm not, I'm a bit flat. Uh, today's going to be a little, I'm a little tired. Like I never used to say those things. Like I'd suppress negative emotions, mm. but unfortunately if you suppress negative emotions, just going to implode out the other end here with a bender or whatever, whatever your vice is. And I'm so glad that you're saying these words because there's a lot of dudes who will only listen to guys that look like you, sound like you, act like you. And for that to be a core lesson in your life that truly repressing it is not going to work. It doesn't work. And you can be hard as fuck and yeah. also know when it's time to, to feel and speak up. And yeah. you've personally met and sat in the room with your hero, David yeah. Goggins, yeah. the guy whose catchphrase is stay hard. Yeah. And yet you still advocate for being vulnerable when it's yes. worthwhile. And would you say that 
someone like David, who you look up to, has a good balance of both. Yeah, like you, when you're in the room with that guy, he's just an open book. He will tell you how fucked up he was, all the mistakes he's made, how messed up he is, all everything that's that's wrong with him. He'll put it on a billboard for you to <laughs> read and see. He doesn't care. Yeah. And that's why I love him because he allowed me to not give a fuck about what people think about me. Because mm. I used to walk around and you'd have this kind of thing like, wonder what they think about me. Wonder what they like. And then when you start unraveling that, that's just your ego. Mm. And now I truly do not care what people think about me. I and don't care. It's easy to judge someone who looks like you because yeah. you trigger an insecurity in a lot of yeah. people because you're physically dominant, A and B. A lot of people were quick to judge a book by their cover to be like, oh, he's, he must be vain and really into himself yeah. and no EQ. When, when you actually get to know you, you're the softest guy who cares a lot and would do anything for me or people that you love. Yeah. And uh, I think it's so important that, you know, I talk on social media, it's not, masculinity is not toxic. Masculinity yeah. is amazing. And it's yeah. something that as men, we should be leaning into more and more. It's where masculinity goes wrong is where we don't look at our shit and deal with our insecurities. Then it turns toxic. Yeah, I was toxic. Yeah. Yeah. And so w w at what point did you go, fucking hell, I'm now over-indexed on the masculine and I'm toxic? Yeah. I was way past the index on bravado. Like, you know, you have to be the, the, the biggest, most jacked, ripped guy. Then you have to be doing the most crazy shit on the weekend, sleeping with the most women, thinking like it's some badge of honor. Mm. Then you unravel it, right? That's quite a lonely road. Fuck yeah. You lose touch with yourself. You lose touch with your family. You lose touch with your friends. You lose touch with your community. Mm. And you lose touch with who you are. And you just be caught in this bravado of trying to be, you know, the alpha every time. Yeah. And I think we've spoken about this where your biggest gift yeah. is your incredibly obsessive determination. Yeah. Like you do some outlandish physical yeah. feats, <laughs> yeah. which is, I don't understand, but that same part of you is also the same part that's going to fuck things up when yeah. you want it to least, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And so what's it like to dance with that gift and curse on a daily basis? Well, you've got two wolves, right? One on each shoulder. The wolf that will grow is the one you feed. And if mm. you want to feed the addiction one, he will go, he will take you all the way down the road, down this wild ass bender to completely blow up in steam or you can feed the wolf where he's on the other shoulder channeling into exercise meditation community connection being vulnerable seeing a psychologist and then you're set but you have to unlock and play with both these wolves because mm. that's that darkness that demon that 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 anger or whatever it is the trauma that you're trying to deal with if you channel that into a challenge or a fitness goal you become fucking very, 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 very powerful. Like I could tap into things where people would be out, they want to stop, they want to quit. The pain of that could also be channeled into a bender where I could go five, six days, mm. like just drinking alcohol, like it's fucking crazy. But if I put it into the positive stuff, into community and challenges and charities and philanthropy, the ROI is I have a positive ripple effect on my community. Mm. Go down this, it's just serving my ego. Yeah. Just like I can tell some great stories, fucking big wolf. Yeah. Who cares? The two wolves is such a great expression. And what I like about that analogy is you haven't outcast the dark wolf. 
Because I think a lot of people try and pretend it's not there or they shun them and try and expel them from the pack. And it's more like, you're welcome here, but I'm feeding this one. But if I try and pretend you're not here or try and kill you, Mm. you will fucking fight back, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so can you tell me about an experience where this dark wolf, Mm. other than you mentioned that when that girl rejected you in front of people, that was a big kind of knife to the guts moment. Mm. Tell me about another time. Take me there where, whether it's an, an event or a period of time where that wolf was just winning and it felt as though you had no control over what it was thinking and doing. It'd be if I'd lock in on a, on a when I was single, lock in on a, on a bender, like that wolf would just want to like see how many girls he could sleep with that weekend, how many drinks he can hit. But I think it's really important. What happens in the mindset, knowing you're about talking to a bender. Yeah. And you know, one part of your brain is like, this is not good. Mm. And yet the the bad one is creeping. Yeah. How does it end up winning? What's the what's the thought process where it wins? We just, you keep feeding it, right? So you keep giving it the, the dopamine, the dopamine, the dopamine. It keeps seeking it till the shame or guilt of what you've you've just done outshines the 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 good wolf and puts the muzzle on the good wolf. Mm. Now the good wolf can't do anything. So now you've got this shame and guilt cycle. And that's why I think when most people come unstuck with addictive personalities, is it's not necessarily you're not doing like as long as you're not hurting anyone, but you've got this shame and guilt like I fuck things up, I've messed things up. And then that forces that anxiety or depression for you to then act again on your addiction, like yeah. to have the drink or gamble or whatever it is to numb it out. So basically you don't want to deal with this mess you've left behind here, which you need to deal with. The, mm. the, the, the party needs to stop. The banner needs to stop. Mm. Like you've had your fun, like wrap it up, but you need to deal with what you've done, own it and move forward. Mm. And so it sounds almost like it wasn't a thought process. This stuff no. is happening very subconsciously where yeah. your body is just like, find me dopamine. And yeah. I don't even want to intercept that line of thinking no. in order to try and disprove it. The The need for a hit somatically has yeah. taken over. Yeah. It's, and it's a very trained, ingrained, um, powerful thing, right? You operate like in the homeostasis and then you step out into this realm of like sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, where, you know, you just don't have your judgment in play Mm. and you think like something is a good idea and then it just begins this tirade of like dopamine chasing. So take me into day three of a five day bender. Yeah. You're sitting there, I imagine on a, on a balcony somewhere, there's a, there's a three minute gap where you're alone with your own thoughts Mm. and you kind of come to and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. What happens in that moment that goes, fuck it, I'm going to keep going? I just, it's like, I just don't want to deal with this. Like, mm. this is, this, I, I just don't want to deal with what I've just done. Mm. So you're just trying to mask or escape what you've just done and then feed that, that bad wolf again. Um, and then it just becomes such a powerful force because you've fed it so much, then it's just very, very hard to stop. And you only stop when it just tanks out and, yeah. and something bad happens or you've run out of steam or, you know, you, you're not showing up to work, which mm. is like, fuck, I've got a beautiful opportunity to train and empower others and you're going to fucking waste it all. Like mm. once you get to that bottom and you find it pretty quickly, you then realize like, you know, 
you're hurting yourself, you're hurting your friends, you're hurting the people that believe in you. Um, and then you'll, you'll, it'll force an inward thing, like an inward, like appraisal of like what you've just did and what you've gone through. What I used to do is I used to beat myself up. I used to live in the past. Like I'd just relive every single mistake I've ever made and I'd just keep reliving, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then that spiral then forced like the next implosion. What I've now done, I'm just very gentle with myself, self-love, compassion. I allow myself to have fun with padded walls, good fun. And then I don't step into like with, with engagement of others and those around me, I'd never do things alone now. Mm, how, how, <laughs> how, how, when that shame trench in your brain and that mm. default thinking behavior becomes such a normal part of the way you respond to when things go bad, mm. how do you get out of the shame spiral? It's a very good point. So first of all, you're not your past. You're not your past. I don't care what you've done. Everyone can change. Everyone makes mistakes. You are not your fucking past. Final. That's it. That, that, and no amount of guilt, shame can change the past. You can rocket back and forth, shame, guilt. It's not going to change anything. You mm. can't change your past. No amount of worry or anxiety can change your future. So guess what? All we're left with is the present. Mm. And that's where I choose to live. I don't like all, everything I've done. It's not a prison anymore. It's a platform. Mm, I love that. Going through these addictions, going through these things, it's given me a platform now to share with others. So other guys, girls going through that journey don't make the same fuck ups I did. Or if they do, guess what? I'm here for you because mm. we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fuck up and we're all going to need someone to look to as a leader to pull us out of the hole. I'm going to ask you a question that only a few people can, and I know that you would give me the permission to do so, given yeah. our relationship. Yeah. And I want you to take a beat before you answer. Of course. What are you running from? What was I running from? I think the, there was, there was a few traumatic experiences. So then like at, at school, it was the feeling of like, we're being bullied, like being smaller in stature. So you need the muscle frame. Then it's like, you know, the girl saying that, and then you get to, to hear, and then just that feeling that you're never enough. Yeah. But then realizing, hang on a minute, you are enough. You're your own unique individual self. So I think I was trauma blocking things that happened to me in the past mm. when I was involved in a few things and just not really going to them and identifying them and going like, fucking what am I running from here? Mm. And now I don't run from anything. My past, I agree, deal with it, but move forward, take the lessons. Do you agree that you can't outrun pain? Can't outrun pain. Um, I think you've got to accept pain as a part of life. Like it's the yin and the yang. Pain and suffering are life. Yes. Like if you, think, if you think you're going to be happy all the time, that's your goal. It's not a very fucking attainable goal because what are you going to do when you're not happy? What are you going to do when life punches you in the face? What are you going to do when someone dies? What are you going to do when you get bankrupt? These are real things that happen to you. That's not happy. So I've now realized that you can't be happy all the time. It's not, it's not a goal. So Mr. Happy, what is it now? If that's unrealistic, Mr. Real, Mr. Real, Mr. Positive. 
And positive taken in the light that shit things do happen, but I'm always looking for the silver lining. Mm. So what's the lesson here? What's the universe trying to teach me? What can I take away from this? And, and serendipity, like looking for like, what's the beautiful things in, in, in a disaster or a tragedy, turning the tragedy into triumph. What is, can you give an Oxford dictionary definition or at least Ben's equivalent of the, the three attributes of an unbreakable mindset? Three attributes of an unbreakable mindset. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, no, you're not putting me on the spot here whatsoever. It's, it's a great question. Resilience. Yep. So the um, ability to bounce back again and again and again after defeat, failure, and tragedy. Yep. Perseverance. So ability to push through when things are hard. And you know, the, the hard work's done, but then you've got to work harder. And then the third, I would say is to lead with kindness and positivity. So that's an unbreakable mindset to me. Lead with kindness, help others, and see the positive in all things. What, do you, what are two mantras that you live by that remind you to come back to things like perseverance and resilience and kindness in times where you might feel unsteady in the footing? Mm. What's a couple of internal sentences yeah. you tell yourself? If it's up to me, it's meant to be. No one's coming to save you. It, it, it is, if you, it, no one is coming to save you. Mm. You have to save yourself. You've got to want to be saved too. So when you're deep, dark hole of either a fitness challenge or an addiction, you've got to want to fucking do the work, the inner work. You've got to really want to grind when other people want to give up. You're the one that wants to, has got to want to place you and you as a person and being able to save them and pull them out of whatever you're in because people can come and your friends can come and help you and stop benders and, and tell you, you know, you, you're really on the path to knowing. But if you don't want to save yourself, you know, you, you can't be helped. Love that. And while you're at it, give me one more mantra because I'm sure you've got a million more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, always circle back to like your past can either be a prison or it can be a platform. Yeah. So just looking at my past as a platform, not a prison no longer. Like before I'd just look at all the mistakes and fuck ups I made. It's just like shame, guilt. Why the fuck did I do that? Heaps of regret. Mm. Now I'm like, I'm glad I went through that. I'm grateful that I went through that. I'm so, so fucking glad I had that shit thing happen to me because if I didn't, I wouldn't be wise. I wouldn't have learned all these lessons. I wouldn't have really known who my real friends are. I wouldn't have known like that my family loved me. I wouldn't know that I have a community around me. I wouldn't know that I have a connection with so many people. Like these really dark times that look like they're seemingly going to be the worst days of your life mm. will actually be the best and it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. Amen. Totally agree. Turning pain into purpose is yeah. a huge part of my mental health journey as well. How many, I'm going to bring this back to what we just spoke about yes. and do a quick little detour. How many laps did you run around uh, Uluru? So we ran, uh, like we ran t 20 kilometers from the, the, the accommodation along a, a black road. Like it was 4am in the morning with my girlfriend and my mate, Brett Farrago. And then we ran three laps around Uluru. So that's a total of how many clicks? 50. 50 clicks. Okay. So you're 40 
one clicks in, mm. everything is given up, right? Yeah. I saw your feet, like yeah. you were busted. Yeah. Uh, what are you whispering in your ear to yourself at that point in time when you're just like, please stop, your body is begging you to stop? Yeah, I, 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 that's a great question. And um, so I, I circle back to the why, because we were doing it for flood relief. So New South Wales, Ballina, Queensland have been rocked by these floods. People had their livelihood taken away. You know, imagine coming home and you, the whole house is flooded and gone. You've got no insurance. You know, you're out sleeping in the street. It's just thinking about like all the people that had suffered and we were, you know, fundraising for mm. and just really going back to like purpose, the why and all the people that donated and believed in me and then just going, yeah, you're a bad motherfucker. You can do this. <laughs> you're made for this. This is, this is, this is your thing. You know, this is your time. What and I, then, sorry, what I love about that is you're using positive words as opposed to, um, double negative words. So instead of saying to yourself, don't quit, you can't fail this. You're, mm. you're going the opposite. You're like, you got this. Yeah. Push on. You're yeah. made for this. Yeah. Instead of trying to convince yourself of the pain, you're driving yourself yeah. towards that pleasure state. Yeah. And my internal dialogue and self-talk has like changed astronomically like the past two years mm. through like doing the recovery work, through seeing a psychologist. Like I'd never say anything bad about myself internally anymore. Never. Mm. Never. Like I just don't do it. Like I used to call myself a fat, useless shit. Like just, just get fired up because I'd use the thing of what happened with the girl to lift the weights and then get really jacked and go on stage and go, I'm going to prove her wrong. Mm. Now I just don't do that, man. I just say, you got this, bro. You're beautiful. I love you. Let's do this. Hey, bro. man. And you know, what's interesting is maybe some people are scared to let go of old narratives because they think it's going to drain the car of gasoline. So for yeah. example, if your fumes, if your if your um, oil was pain and insecurity mm. there's some part of your subconscious there that's like if i heal this i'm going to lose my edge i'm going to use my you lose my drive but it's actually changing from a fossil fuel to electric whereby it. it's like this is now sustainable would you agree that you've nailed that and that that's part and parcel with the addiction and the trauma like using that pain and insecurity that you're running away from to cope with the addiction if you circle it back that's where it actually comes from mm. so you, you, you've nailed it so when, when you're switching those fuels over, I'm sure that there's a, a moment in time where you're worried that what could this look like? Yeah. Uh, and anything unfamiliar and uncertain mm. is intimidating. Yeah. But what you're saying is for anyone that's kind of stuck on burning a fossil fuel that's shit, yeah. make the move to electric yeah, inspiration. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Charge up that Tesla, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the peck flex at the <laughs> same sorry. time. If that's not a highlight, <laughs> I quit. Um, so what, what, what is your why now? I know you have so many. We've kind of traversed it in different ways throughout this chat, mm. but how would you summarize your why in, in a soundbite? Well, it's to positively impact uh, a million people. Quite similar to your billion, which is like, fuck me, like, Jesus. Shoot for the moon, land of the yeah, stars. Ra ra <laughs> raise you a thousand, like, wow, the guy just crushed it. Yeah, but it's supposedly impact the minds and bodies of one million people. And, that, and that's, I just want a legacy, right? Impact legacy. Yep. And to every person I meet, hopefully, will be in a better state than when, when I walk away. 
Do you think energy's a big thing? Like, yeah, energy's everything. you put out huge, you, like you take up space. Mm. I should actually say you give space yeah. in that you, you want everyone in a room to feel seen, even in the mm. gym. Hello to everyone. Everyone's getting yeah. an eyeball. No yeah. stranger goes left unrecognized. Yeah. 100%. What energy are you trying to put out other than the word of like positive and kind? Can you give me more of a... No, nah, it's connection. Connection. Yeah. Connection's the opposite of addiction. Yeah. So like connecting everybody, making everyone just realize you are not alone. Mm. We're all around you. You're safe. You're not, you're not on this journey by yourself because I'm going to be here if you fall. You know, I've got you. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm very grateful that I know that if I ever fell, you got me. Oh, and man, likewise, um, back yeah. to you. And I think there's a difference between saying that and knowing that. And yeah. we're lucky and we have a friendship where we know that. Uh, for someone in the throes of addiction right now, mm. uh, and or the throes of shame and guilt. Yeah, it's, it's uh, tough. To tell, tell them right now, what, tell them three things mm. that truly helped you that you would want them to know. First one is seek help. Mm. So seek professional help. Put your hand up, say, I'm not okay. Go to your GP, psychologist, counsellor. And just talk through what you're going through. Just get in a room and just get it out. Take it out of your head and just say, fuck, this is what I've done. Fucked up. Help me. And then that's, that's number one, right? And then you've got to go inward. Find your purpose. I know this is an easy thing to say, but typically, like when we're in the, the, the depths of addiction, we're trying to numb out mm. our reality with pleasure. And everyone thinks pleasure and happiness are the same. They're totally different, right? Totally agree. Yeah. Pleasure is different to joy. So what I need people to do is like look inward. Like what is that one thing you always think about? What is that one thing you can do better than anyone else? Mm. If you haven't found it, just keep searching. It will come to you. Trust me, everyone has got like a purpose and a passion and you put on this fucking earth for a reason the third thing is people that enable your addiction fucking cut them loose see you later see you later change your circle of friends amen find friends find a community find a place of connection where it's positive it can be exercise training health dancing singing whatever it is mm. that community connection that exercise that creativity to pull you away from the, the grasp of your addiction and realize you can get the same pleasure or dopamine or like joy from something that isn't going to fuck up your life. Well said. Two questions, one on purpose, one on connection. Mm. Purpose, for someone that's really depressed, I know through being exposed to my own experience but also talking to people on a semi-daily basis that are like, I... I'm not here for a reason. You know, there is, there's nothing to live for. I can't mm. find my why because they, they, they're so dark and so in the depths that they lose sight of the sky between the clouds. Talk to them. What, what, what would you say to them? Cause you've been there, right? Yeah. Like uh, I remember when I was fucking flat out depressed and how my day would roll out is I'd be, uh, this is uh, just after uni and I'd be, Working a bar job that I hate, so you'd be drinking all night, and then you'd, you'd sleep on the couch all day, wouldn't shave, wouldn't want to see anyone, eat shit food, watch TV all day. And I was just like, did you don't even want to talk to anyone. You don't want anyone to see you in that state. You, you just, just want to regress. 
and basically recruits yourself. And that's where it becomes dangerous, right? Yes, because sir. you start reclusing and and the substances or whatever you're doing, the, the demons get darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. And I remember, like, I got down to that point and I went to the, the, the couch. I scraped up all together, like, the change and I caught the bus to the university I went into the GP and told him what happened and they said yeah you had depression that's one thing right so I understand how that feels and mm. how fucking hard it is but in terms of finding your purpose you've got to think back to moments in your life that you've had that have brought you joy that's typically where the purpose lies like in those moments when you're a kid growing up, those things you're really gravitated towards, mm. that's going to give you uh, a lead or some indication of where the purpose may lie. So if I look back on my journey, I had to save myself through training and nutrition and my savior turned out to be my purpose and my passion. Yes. And then I, cause I helped myself, I was like, fuck, I got to help others. Mm. So if, if you're depressed right now, I, it's very, very hard. I understand that. But you've got a beautiful opportunity now to, to go inward and go on a journey and, and pull yourself out. And once you come out the other side, you're a different beast. Someone who's gone through mental health challenges like depression or anxiety or addiction, you come out the other side, you're fucking unbreakable. Like you're a tough, tough, tough individual because not everyone can do it. And that's mm. a sad, sad thing. It is. Once you're out the other side and you get the clarity, then s try and go back to those things where they brought you joy in the past. Mm. And therein lies your purpose and your passion, I believe. Yeah. I, you said go inward. And, and the theme that you're picking out on is purpose is found when you go inward. Yes. Collect inventory to then go outward. Correct. That's it exactly has right. to be in service to others. I yes. think the way out of depression or the said another way, the way into purpose is mm. to be in service to other people and to yep. use your pain and transform that into to meaning. Well, the, the way, and also not like another way out of addiction or depression is help someone else Yeah. out yeah. of addiction or depression. Yeah. You help someone else and then you're like, well, hang on a minute. It's not so bad. I've helped him help her. Yeah. And like, hang on a minute. Then I've created a ripple effect and he's helping her. And then boom, that's, that's how, that's how it goes. Yeah. And it's been proven infinity times through models like AA it's mm. connection and purpose slash service is yeah. the thing that gets and keeps people sober. Uh, connection yeah. is a word that's bandied around a lot. And I'd mm. like to consider myself somewhat of an expert in it, considering <laughs> we train lots and lots of people on it in real conversations. Mm. Connection for me is less about quantity way more about quality we mm. all know what it's like to feel lonely in a room full of people oh yeah and so what are some of the qualities that defines true connection for you that goes beyond the bullshit veneer stuff hug i love hugging people i'm a hugger mm. if you've ever embraced me in the morning at one of my community workouts or in the gym you'll get a shitload of energy and i love the hug i feel the connection yeah i feel the heart to heart I feel like i just just love that 
Yeah. I feel the other like person. I feel their energy. I'm like, fuck, that's real connection to me. So it's, it, that goes beyond again, the, the head, it goes into the heart, which it's is all heart. It's a frequency. Yeah. And, and you can feel people's frequency. And when they're coming to you non-judgmentally and safely and with open arms and yeah. not wanting to label you as anything, yeah. you feel that and you want to bring that in. Yeah. I want to just fucking wrap it up, drink it. It's like delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so it absolutely good. is. Uh, so, you know, people who you keep very close in your life, whether that be close friends, I know your family's really important to you, yeah. your sister, your mm. girlfriend, mm. what are some of the qualities they possess that even in your darkest hours and you're still prone to falling off the horse like 100%. we all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the things that they, they do, which breaks through all the bullshit, shame mm. and guilt and gets to the heart? Um, my sister's really good at cutting through the bullshit. She'll just fucking tell you, tell you how it is. Country girl. Yeah. Country girl. <laughs> when she pulled me out of one bender, she said, do you want to fucking live? Do, do you actually want to live? Do you want to end this or do you want to live? And it was just like, whoa, that's where I'm at. Mm. Yeah. That's where you're at. You're right at the rock bottom here. Do you want to live? And just her saying that and then bringing like, not, not laughing at the situation, but just bringing a lighter sense of humor to what have gone through and it's kind of like poking fun at me but having serious chats around it mm. i think that light and then the no judgment yes sir like my girlfriend is gabby is just the most beautiful person has the most beautiful energy we'll have a crucial conversation if i'm doing something or acting up or acting out she'll just tell me so like we need to have a chat that's mm. you don't can't do that or that's not cool i'm not going to judge you though so i don't feel game like sh a, don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame. The walls don't, don't come up. No. Because yeah. if you if I put the walls up, game bad over. wolf's getting fed and look out like it's, it's game on. So I, I have that around me, these non-judgmental people that are open for hard, tough conversations that typically partners don't want to have with you. Mm. I could ask you a million questions. I'm going to be selfish here and just ask a few to kind of bring us to the closing of the journey. Mm. What's the what's the most physical pain you've ever been in from a challenge, and <laughs> and uh, wh what was the level of doubt out of ten that you couldn't go on? Uh, it was running the eight back to back ultra marathons. <laughs> that in was eight, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in uh, eight states in eight days. So it had never been done before, and me and my buddy Brett Farago did it for flood relief. It was just the sheer fucking, we, I'd underestimate, not underestimated, but I was like, when you think about it, like trying to fly around Australia in eight days on Jetstar is pretty difficult. Then throw, <laughs> then throw like serious, right? We, and then, then try and throw in running. We just lost Jetstar yeah, as a sponsor. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, Jetstar. Jetstar didn't miss one flight. No, no. We just got them back. Yeah, no, the Jetstar were great. We actually didn't have one flight canceled and we didn't miss one flight. But we had the gun to the head the whole time, meaning like we had to run certain paces, certain times to make our flights. Otherwise, we'd miss the flight, miss up, and it'd fuck up the whole logistic plans. Because we got around Australia for 1200 bucks on a budget. <laughs> Did we just get this? We think you were done. For yeah, sure. Qantas yeah. is raving. Yeah. Um, and um, so we got that. And so basically, I got told, like, don't wear those Alpha Fly shoes I wear. Okay. Buy shoes that are a little bit bigger. And so forth. The first run, 
feet have got a bit busted up, like running, because you're running on road, then you're running into dirt around Uluru. Mm. They got a bit smashed up. Then they got to, to Melbourne and, you know, the webbing's starting to peel back. Mm. Then we run from Byron Bay to Ballina and, and back. Mm. Um, then I pulled off the shoes and basically, like, had welts around every single toe. Webbing's pretty much gone. Then we ran the whole of Coolangatta Gold Coast and the webbing had come off. So basically we had a news reporter team there mm. and the reporter goes, hey, Ben, Absaker, what's that um, paint up the side of your calves? It's like, oh, bro, it's not paint, it's blood. And so when I was pounding, the, we the webbing was open and bleeding and it was shooting blood up onto the calves. I take it off my feet. I'm like, fuck. To get in like the Uber, just looking at the damage. And then into Perth, we had like maybe two two hours sleep or something. And I had my last toenail left, I remember, and ripped that off, blood pissed out. And I was like starting to get really grim here. Then you try and like tape it up. And by the time I got to it, it was just, yeah, all toenails are gone, blood everywhere, every run, just excruciating. Every step was pain. Like imagine like just stepping on nails. For 50 kilometers. So that's the most pain I've been through. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So tell me, as you're stepping on nails in day eight, mm. do you come back to your why? Like, yeah, how, you, you, what's you, the gasoline? Where's the electricity? You come back to your why. And then you, you realize, like, pain eventually ends and legacy lasts forever. Mm. Pain fades. It goes away. But your legacy of what you've done will last forever. And the impact that you have will fucking live on. Like walking down here, this doesn't happen to me all the time, but just, I don't know what the fuck the universe planted in front of me. I don't know whether you guys sit around, but walking down here, walking past Sonoma coffee shop, guy comes out with two coffees, goes, fuck man, you're a fucking legend. I was like, what? And he goes, you're a fucking legend. My name is Brendan. I'm from Melbourne. I watched you run the eight back to back, uh, ultras. You inspired me to run. I've lost 25 kilos. I've, I ran 2,000 kilometers last year. I've run my first marathon and I'm here running City to Surf because of you. Wow. And I was like, fucking give me a hug. And we <laughs> just it hu in. hugged it in. So shout out to, to Brendan from Melbourne. I just seen it in Sonoma, man. Like, oof, you gave me goosebumps and gave me the energy to come into this today. It was awesome. So I guess they're the moments that matter for you, right? That, 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 that supersedes like having an impact on someone that I don't know, like just that's the why. Even if you just impact the trajectory of one person and change the trajectory of one person's life, I'm done. Like that's that's me. Like be the change you want to see and that's the change you want to see. Honestly, would a moment like that be better than a high that you would get from drugs and alcohol? Yes. And see, this is the thing, right? The alcohol and drug high... It fades, it, 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 it numbs out. It's not even that, like, I don't, I don't even think it's that, it, that's, it's that good. Like, mm. when you look at it, it's, yeah, it's just dog shit compared to that. Because that one lasts. That one lasts. Like, that's joy. That's joy. Not pleasure. Yeah. Alcohol and drugs, pleasure. Dopamine fades. Need some more. Do it again, do it again. Whereas this one is combustible I'll live that fucking, I'll tell that story to my grandkids. Yeah. So as we bring this home properly now, um, first of all, thank you for getting real because yeah. it's nice to have these refreshing conversations and 
for people to get to know you more. And you are a very well-known figure around Bondi Beach for mm. international listeners. God's country, best place <laughs> on earth. Yeah. And when you see people who are struggling and you see part of yourself in them, what's the, what's the story that you want them to change about themselves, that they are enough? That they're enough and then you you got something inside you. You've got a gift that you can give to the world. There's something that you can do better than others. Trust me. There's a gift locked under all that pain, trauma and addiction. You peel it all back. You search inward and it's there, baby, for you to find and for you to, to, to give to the world. And everyone's got something that, it, that they can do. Mm. Do you have any regrets in life? Life's too... Sh- I, I used to have fucking millions of regrets but I, i've my mindset now is life's too short with regrets mm. like life is way i don't have time to regret i did what i did and that was what i thought was right at the time and that was that ben that was the previous chapter ben so i'm not going to sit here and judge over regrets they're just lessons uh, the name of your alter ego when you used to get really drunk, what was his name? Sack Dog. Sack Dog. <laughs> yeah. Where's Sack Dog now? Do you feel him inside you still? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Sack Dog will come out around certain people because he's inherently, that's that's how other people would know me. I'm not known as Abstucker. They call me Sacky or Sack Dog. Like, people would still call me that. In like the I've, country? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've still got that nickname. Mm. But it, it was good to see uh, on the fishing trip this year with the champion greyhounds the boys i grew up with from narrowmine that we that on the the beer holder that they had the word abstacker so and then a different mindset come into when i was approaching that trip and a different adage and a different playbook wow what does that represent to you that you've outgrown the old version of yourself you have outgrown and then just being real and vulnerable enough to tell your mates like i don't want to be this guy anymore Mm. so Refer to me as this guy, and this is what he does. Do you think there's a difference? There's definitely a difference between Sack Dog and Abstacker. Is yeah. there a difference between Abstacker and Ben? I think Ben, I need to... He, he's more the homely guy. So he'd be the guy that'd be um, at... No, actually, fuck it. They're, they're one person. Same person? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Maybe Abstacker uh, just... Can, can we get a peck dance? Oh, yeah. let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but but actually, if, if it, when you circle that back, yeah. I think my parents would just call me Ben. Like mm. they're not going to call me Abstacker, mm. and I don't act like they they admire and they're very proud of everything I done. But they don't they don't play into like fuck you some character. yeah. It's just like yeah, so many fun, funny conversations with them around that. Mm. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Don't give a fuck about what people think about you. Mm. And that's good in concept. How do you truly live that? Just do it? Well, you, you know how I dress, how I walk, how I talk. I, I really, like, don't, like, what I mean by that is don't give a fuck what I think about, like, like what other people think about you. Not in, like, I don't give a fuck about, I can just do anything. Most people don't even like themselves. So don't worry about if they like you. And also the thing around the spotlight effect, everyone thinks that everyone's thinking about them mm. when no, everyone is too busy in their own shit, in their own head. They don't actually really care. Mm. So 
don't even worry what people think about you. Even your, your, you know, your parents, your friends, whatever. Just do you. Just do you. Just do you. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for not overthinking life and just... And, and lead with kindness. Like, be a kind to everyone. Fucking tip the barista. Open the door for ladies. Like, be a fucking gentleman. Be polite. Be engaged. Be present. Like, the biggest gift we can be, give people is, like, presence. I'm here with you now having a conversation, looking in your eyes. Like, everyone these days is fucking on the phone. They're fucking not really here. They're off over here. But, like, yeah, be present. Be gentlemen. So, am I going to get off easier or am I about to get punished at the gym as a result of this conversation? <laughs> just the usual. Yeah, just the usual. That's what we do. <laughs> what are your three favorite exercises at the gym? What do you think is the three best for muscle growth while we're at it? Um, I love deadlift, pull up, and I'm going to go squat or hip thrust. I love the bunda now. <laughs> okay. I love the man peach building it up. Yeah. It's a big also, yeah, I don't know whether I like the chest. Yeah, we'll get a bit of the chest in. <laughs> and what's your number one nutritional tip? Uh, stop eating two to three hours before you go to bed. Sleep is the most underrated biohack available to us. Get a good night's sleep. Don't eat two or three hours before bed. Nice. With that, my man, thank you so much for joining. And if people want to follow you and find out more, where, where can they go? At Abstacker. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Perfect. And I've got a, a, a website that's uh, coming out October 4th um, and I'll be delving into all that real life shit I spoke about, like addictions, overcoming adversity. So typically you wouldn't see like a guy like me, fitness, tackling or talking about those things because they want everyone to think that they're perfect. But fuck, we're all imperfect and it's beautiful. Hey Amen. What's the URL for that website so we can plug it? abstacker.com baby nice <laughs> Benny thanks so much uh, thank you love you brother cheers love you too